Hello, this is Pastor Ariel, and welcome to Devotional. It is my prayer before every episode that this podcast will be a blessing for you. Please remember to subscribe to Devotional on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening in. This way, you will be notified every time a new episode is published. And don't forget to scroll down on the show's description and click on the links for all the free resources to get the best experience out of this podcast. Also, please remember to share with your friends and loved ones so they too can be blessed with this resource. Lastly, please consider becoming a supporter of this podcast. It would be much appreciated. And now, here's today's episode. Friday, February 15th, and I've entitled it, Islam, Atheism, and Christianity. Uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of hard search, a lot of praying, a lot of studying, and I'm realizing um, there's still much, much to be said about the trumpet, but I don't want to leave you just with that statement. Let's get into some of the the difficult parts, the parts that have brought, uh, you know, some different opinions within Adventism as far as interpretation. And one of the big ones is whether Islam is referenced to in Revelation chapter 9. Um, there's two trumpets there, the fifth and the sixth trumpet. And others feel that it's uh, atheism that comes out of this. And rather than choosing an either or, um, let's explore both of these options and see what we can learn from either one of these. Now, the, the context for this, um, the trumpets is, of course, already in the fall of Christianity, the apostasy. And all commentators have that in agreement. So we have that common denominator. Christianity goes downhill when it compromises after Constantine accepts Christianity in a... Once Christianity accepts the comforts of pagan Rome, um, it, of course, has to begin to chip away at the purity of the doctrine that they have inherited through the teachings of the apostles, which of course were received from Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Once this happens, uh, darkness begins to uh, develop within the Christian, uh, not just teachings, but practice, of course, as well. And it has effects, it has ripples. Um, one of the elements that strengthened is, uh, Muhammad's uh, cause in the development of Islam was how poor Christianity represented itself to the outside world. And I'm meaning the leadership, the hierarchy of the church, the opulence, the, the extravagance, and the immorality that was prevalent amongst the growing prevalence amongst the, the up, upper part of the leadership of the church gave traction to Muhammad's arguments that we needed a new religion, a pure religion, a religion that worshipped only one God. Because you have to understand once Christianity accepted paganism, all the pagan idols did is just change their names. But it was, in essence, the same character, the same storylines. Um, some changes, of course, took place with some of the saints. But as far as Peter and Paul, you know, Jupiter, Mars, um, a lot of those things carried over. So Mohammedan, as uh, Elder John Tromley and I, we record another podcast called Oakwood Connect. 
um, which is for just a, a podcast created by the Oakwood Church for the church and anyone else that wants to listen, but primarily for our church to have something during the week that is spiritual. Um, when he and, him and I record, he has this saying that I've, I've appreciated. Um, most people reject Christianity for all the right reasons. And you have to think about that. Mohammedan, uh, uh, Mohammedan, uh, Muhammad and Islam, they reacted to Christianity's apostasy. So in a sense, they were not really rejecting Christianity, but a perversion of it. They were not rejecting the God of Christianity. They were rejecting the distorted perception or um, description that the church was given of, of God. So it's not as if uh, Christianity was a victim here. We made our bed in it, and now we had to lie in it. And it's interesting that it, uh, God used, Jesus uses that expression during this same time period, you know, that uh, she made a bed with lovers, and now she's going to lay on it. Um, she's going to be sleeping with the, the disease and the, the corruption that she has created herself. Furthermore, there's, there's progression here. Um, if Islam is there, there's good reasons for it. If, if uh, Revelation chapter 9 mentions it, there's a reason why it's there. And it's not because all of a sudden a group of humans decided to rebel and develop this um, aggressive, violent uh, approach to religion. They were also influenced by the fact that Christianity had become corrupt and was were using the Roman armies to propagate the gospel. So they understood if this is Christianity, then they're no better than us. In fact, at least we worship one God and we are um, committed to what we believe, unlike them. They're all talk, but they're not practice. There's no real practice. So uh, Islam's rejection of Christianity is, is uh, you could say, legitimate in the sense that they were rejecting a perversion of it. They were reacting to something that was distorted. But it didn't stop there. Those that argue that, you know, was referenced here in Revelation chapter 9 between the 5th and the 6th seal is atheism. Um, there's, there's a tragic progression because Christianity did not repent. Christianity did not stop itself and say, hey, hold up a second. Here are some individuals reacting towards our apostasy. Here are some individuals reacting towards our lukewarmness, towards our lack of integrity theologically and in practice. Maybe we should change. Maybe there's something wrong with us. Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's us. But the Christianity did not do that. It just uh, hardened itself even further and went deeper into darkness, progressing in, in its departure from the scriptures. And what was the outcome of that? Um, you, you have this progression in the Bible, consistent, that also follows the parallels of Daniel chapter 7, in which you have, for 1,260 days, this uh, downward progression until it finally ends with, um, historically speaking, with the French Revolution. And the French Revolution was not simply uh, General Berthier under the charge of Napoleon uh, deposing the Pope from its throne and putting him in prison and letting him die and taking possession of all the lands and all the property of the, the, the Catholic Church the, in the Vatican. It wasn't just that. In the French Revolution, it was the birth of humanity officially rejecting all religions, all ideas that a divine being existed. So apostate Christianity provokes a rejection of Christianity and a development of a false religion, a false picture of God. And this further apostasy of Christianity 
culminates with humans rejecting God altogether. During um, the atheistic revolution that began in France, it, it wasn't simply that they said we need a new religion, is that they said we want no religion. You know the, what the tragic reality is that we are living in today in 2019, especially in the Western world? I mentioned to th this to you already, and uh, Elder John Trumley and I have talked about this. Barna Institute and many other, even secular uh, entities that do statistics and polls, have been asking, trying to get a feel of the religious tenure, the religious feel of our country, at least, the, here in the United States. Where are people leaning? You know, Eastern religions, New Age religions, are, are, are many still Christians? Because for decades, the United States identified itself as a Christian nation, right? Presidents were sworn in, the hands on their Bibles, etc. But that has changed. So now, when, when these polls are done, you have, you know, do you consider yourself a, a Christian? Uh, and then you have, you know, Catholic, Protestant, uh, Orthodox. Uh, then you have, of course, uh, Muslim. Uh, do you consider yourself a Buddhist, a Sikh, whatever? And then at the last part of that is the, the option of none, N-O-N-E, none of the above. And more and more in our society, youth and young adults are considering themselves, are choosing to um, uh, adopt the view that I am nothing. When it comes to religion, I reject all of them. Does that sound familiar? In the trumpets, we are confronted with a repetition of history that will culminate, or that has culminated, um, in exactly the same manner. The, the idea that Christianity, Protestant Christianity, the God that is being presented by Catholics and Protestants, somehow is causing and has caused and will continue to cause a reaction of rejection, a reaction of rejection by society. And this reaction of rejection is being done for all the right reasons. A God that, because of my life of sin, will punish me in hell for all eternity. And this is his justice. And the many other uh, distortions of God that are being propagated by the major uh, Christian groups. Um, is causing many thinking individuals to say, that does not sound like a God that's love. There's dissonance there. There's contradiction. Therefore, I don't want nothing to do with it. And looking across the board, there's just a, a growing disillusionment with all religions altogether. You know, Buddhism kind of floats in the middle because it says, you know, there's, there may be a God, there may be not a God. So you could be a Buddhist and an atheist because it offers you that kind of flexibility and it kind of refuses itself to be called a, a religion, but there's prayer, so it's a religion. But in the end, even those kinds of light spiritualities all are being laid aside. Let me just embrace science, atheistic science, evolutionary science. That is way more attractive than the God you're trying to lead me to believe in. I much rather believe that I came from nothing there is no real purpose, inherent meaning for my existence, and that someday in the future, our solar, our, our sun will stop producing enough energy, and we will all die. And life as we know it will cease to exist. Maybe 
we'll you know shoot ourselves to Mars and from Mars we can skip somewhere else but beyond that is science fiction hopefully maybe but I much rather believe that someday our, our race will just disappear off the face of the universe and no one will know the difference that is much more appealing than the God you are presenting to me that is a sobering thing for a Christian to try to process that our society after hearing and after seeing and granted a lot of times and sometimes in the media what is portrayed as Christian is not necessarily Christian but fringes the extreme fringes of Christians that you know go and condemn uh, um, fallen soldiers and say you know God is punishing us because of the behaviors of our of our country because we're taking God out of our schools etc etc um, all of those things are you know giving a skewed perception but there are other things that are, are official official teachings of the, the dominant predominant denominations here in America in Europe so let's leave the US as a whole alone let's leave um, Europe you know alone let's focus on you and me because all of these um, societies that we're looking at you know Europe and and now the United States really they're all made up of singular individuals like you and me individuals with families so let us focus on the, the nucleus of society the DNA of society which is you and me in which way is your Christianity going because what works for society at large works for humanity in the intimacy of our families. As a Christian, how does my family see my Christianity? Um, better asked, myself, in which way is my Christianity going? Is it going upward? Is there growth? Is there improvement? Or is it growing carelessness, indifference, and lukewarmness? Do I sense myself wanting a, a genuine, authentic Christianity in my home? Not at church. We're all Christians in church, pretty much. But at home. What do I allow at home? What do I want in my home? What am I bringing into my home to my children? What am I allowing to be present in my home? What does that say about my Christianity? What movies dominate my library? What dominates our free time? What dominates the investment of our money? All of those things speak in the direction of our Christianity. Just like the Christian church in the medieval ages, they, they invested, like Jesus says in uh, Luke 12, 34. <clears throat> where your heart is, there your treasure is. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where is my heart? Where is your heart? Because this will have ripple effects on our families. It can definitely have a, a direct bearing upon the direction not just of myself, but of my family as a whole, my spouse, my parents, my uncles, my cousins, my children, my grandchildren. My family, through my Christianity, can be encouraged, can be led to decide to accept other religion, religious worldviews except Christianity because of the Christianity that I present them. You know, Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to myself there's an attractive beauty in the character of Jesus when revealed through the scriptures not just in teaching but in practice as a father I am confronted with this 
I cannot just teach my children that Jesus is patient. I need to exhibit patience to them. I can't just tell my children that Jesus forgives us so quickly and willingly when we do wrong. I need to be quick to forgive and move on. Jesus doesn't bring our past mistakes to our remembrance. And as a father, as a husband, I need to model that for my family. In which way is my Christianity going? Because whichever direction it is, it will have an effect. History has not failed to reveal that to us. In the medieval ages, we have Islam coming up with an alternative religious worldview in reaction to a large degree to the apostasy of Christianity. And further down in history, we have a rejection of religion altogether. Today's society reflects the identical thing during the 60s and 70s uh, through the influence of major John, Letter, John Trombley will probably laugh at the fact that I'm bringing the Beatles into this podcast because I brought it up quite, quite a lot in the Oakwood Connect. But, you know, when the Beatles accepted Hinduism and the Eastern religions, it was a slap in the face to Christianity. And Christians could get angry all they want, but did anyone stop to think and ask themselves why? Why were that the generation, the generations called the hippies, why did they reject Christianity? Maybe we should be asking what Christianity were they rejecting? What kind of a God were they turning their backs on? And granted, you know, we shouldn't expect the world to follow the Lord because the carnal hearts at enmity. So I'm not saying that, you know, when if, if, Christ, if the United States had been a faithful Christian nation, uh, the whole world would have become Christian. By no means am I intimating that. But individual, as individuals, um, that influence would have been telling, would have had an effect. And it certainly can have an effect in my family. That as I model prayer to my children, as I model de daily devotions to my children, and from those daily devotions, I come away filled with grace filled with the Spirit of God. And if filled with the Spirit of God, then the fruits of the Spirit manifesting themselves in how I relate to my spouse, how I relate to my children, to my parents, to my family, to my church family. That is the, the evidence that gives Christianity credibility in the eyes of a skeptical world. But the opposite is true. Today's society wanting more and more to identify themselves as having no religion at all, for me at least, follows a pattern of history, of coming with an alternative worldview that ends up leading to a rejection of all religious worldview. I much rather believe that we have no purpose and meaning. We just are, and someday we will not, and I'm okay with that. I prefer that to tend to believe in the God you're wanting me to believe in. There's a third option, you know. We don't have to go to the path of alternative religions or the rejection of religion. And history provides us the model of how to prevent or how to reverse if that's been the case already. And we find that in what, what historically has been referred to as the Protestant Reformation. <clears throat> the Protestant Reformation was not you know, a rebellious group that just wanted to rebel for the sake of it. The Protestant Reformation be was birthed by some individuals, it wasn't just one, by the way, it wasn't just Luther, but several individuals returning back to Scripture, letting the Scriptures have the primal role in their lives, the primal 
a definitive role in how they thought, what they believed in. And it was in doing this that the God of the Bible began to be understood by them. And this brought a revival, a spiritual revival, which led to a spiritual reformation, a changing of behaviors, a changing of practice. I can experience that today. I am not stuck. I may have made mistakes with my children in the past. I may have made mistakes in my marriage in the past. And if we were to trace those mistakes, I believe that the majority of them can be attributed to a poor, lukewarm, mediocre, hypocritical spiritual experience. That's the beauty of prophecy. It doesn't lie to us and it does not allow ourselves to lie to ourselves. And it gives us this third option. You don't have to be the kind of dad, and he's speaking to me, that will in the end provoke my children to hate the ministry and to hate Christianity and to reject it and accept another religion, another religious worldview. Maybe not, maybe not even Christianity. I don't have to go down that path. I don't have to go down the path where my children will one day not want to have anything to do with God because of the way Daddy lived his Christianity at home. I won't have to go down that path. I can go down the path of doing everything that I can to stay connected to Jesus so that my daughters will have every reason to be a Christian themselves, to embrace the Jesus of the Scriptures, to embrace their Heavenly Father that is revealed in the Scriptures because they saw how that God affected their dad and how his, their dad treated the mom and treated them. That for them will become the evidence that will give credibility to the Christianity that their dad preached and taught to others, and that by the grace of God, I am seeking to teach to them. So this idea of prophecy being for the far back and, you know, we just have to learn uh, about dates and all those things, they have their place. It is important. But nothing will take the place of application. And those that fail from history are doomed to repeat it. But that's not you and me today, my dear listener. Today, the Holy Spirit is letting you and I know that no matter what mistakes we may have made in the past, history also shows that when God's people, if the people that are called by His name should humble themselves and pray and seek for forgiveness and seek the face of God, He will revive them once again. He will turn our backslidings. He will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. There's an option for you and me today, and that is to turn back to making the scriptures the primacy of our homes. Prayer to become the primacy of our homes, the, the central focus, the, the hub of my family. There is hope for your family. There is hope for my family. Prophecy and history reveals that. The Protestant Reformation did an amazing thing. It brought humanity back to Scripture. And in doing so, we began to get better and clearer pictures of who God really was or who God really is. And that duty of this Reformation is far from over. The fact that we still don't understand fully the trumpets is evidence that you and I have much work to do. Don't just wait for the pastor to do all the studying for you, my friend. This lesson invites you to get back on your knees, for us as churches to get back together, not just so that we can drink some hot cocoa and, and eat some sandwiches, and it's not bad, 
But if that's the only reason, we don't exist for hot cocoa and sandwiches. We exist to get to know God and the, the, as best we can and the, the, the revelations that we get from the scriptures to share it with the world. The world is perishing because they are rejecting a God that doesn't exist. And in doing so, they are shutting themselves from knowing the God that really does exist. The God of love, the God of scriptures. There's a third option. And that invitation is for you and I today to revive and reform our Christianity. This is Pastor Ariel, and I hope you were blessed with today's episode of Devotional. It is my prayer this resource will inspire you to spend personal time studying God's Word, including using the study tool of our Sabbath School Quarterly. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast. This way, you will be notified each time a new episode is published. And don't forget to scroll down on the show's description and click on the links for all the free resources to get the best experience out of this podcast. Also, please remember to share with your friends through social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or the one you use regularly. This way, they can also be blessed with this resource. Lastly, please consider becoming a financial supporter of this podcast. It would be much appreciated. This is Pastor Ariel inviting you to study the Bible with me again on our next episode of Devotional. Devotional.